Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available weekdays on iHeartRadio. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the 12th day of December, 2022. The weather forecast reads that here in the lower Midwest, we have a better than average chance of a white Christmas. 230 years ago, composer Franz Joseph Haydn gives the first musical composition lesson to a 12-year-old Ludwig van Beethoven. Boston resident George Bryant patents the wooden golf tee in 1899. The game had begun in the 1400s in Scotland, and for over 400 years, players had used small mounds of sand or dirt to position the small white ball. Googly Elmo Marconi receives the first transatlantic radio signal at a station in Newfoundland in 1901. Singer Frank Sinatra is born in 1915. Priest Edward Flanagan founds Boys Town outside of Omaha, Nebraska in 1917. The model has changed greatly over 105 years, but the mission continues. As we peel away the many layers of Nazi immorality, we keep finding nothing short of pure rot. Heinrich Himmler, who may have been more morally depraved than even Hitler, begins a program in 1935 known as Liebensborn. The idea was to identify parents who were of pure Aryan race, and mass-produced children. Singer Dionne Warwick is 82 today. Brother-in-laws Proctor and Gamble had formed their company in the 1830s, making soap and candles. In 1946, they introduced Tide Liquid Laundry Detergent. Tide and Gain are both P&G brands. The rumor that in early 1947 they introduced a new and improved version is questionable. Ten years after the end of World War II, the United Nations accepts Japan into the world body. The amateur radio world launches a satellite specifically for use by the hobbyist known as Oscar One in 1961. Cutting-edge stuff when you consider how young the concept of man-made satellites was at the time. The American Radio Relay League is the overseeing organization. The group is still around, but the technology has leapfrogged from where it was in the mid to late 20th century. Even in the 1980s, it was unique to talk to someone in a distant place With today's internet and phone systems, it's no big deal to have near-instant communication with even remote places. 48 years ago, Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter announces his candidacy for the Democratic nomination for president almost two years ahead of the 76th election. Carter handily won the primaries and the general election. In a distant second was Arizona Representative Morris Udall. Third was California Governor Jerry Brown. Alabama Governor George Wallace, Henry Jackson, and Frank Church round out the list. Presidential elections are becoming more conflicted as the country is so highly polarized between the socialist and the others. Carter was not so strong of a candidate, but the recent Watergate scandal had made the political climate such that the devil himself could have run as a Democrat and gotten elected. On the Republican side, the choices were Gerald Ford and Ronald Reagan. The results were about even when their convention opened. Ford was much more a moderate than Reagan. Ford and Carter were quite similar in their political mannerisms, basically plain white, vanilla, milk toast, middle-of-the-road moderates. Carter may have been the least radical of the Democrats, and Ford certainly was not making any waves. Apple Computer makes its initial public offering of stock in 1980. A single share sold for $22. There's a line of thinking in market trading that any historian could be rich. A $1,000 investment would be worth $1.6 million today. 
But in 1980, the personal computer builders were Radio Shack, Apple, and Atari. A holdover from the electronic kit era was Heathkit, who was offering a personal computer also. That concept did not last long as circuit boards quickly became too complex and cheaper to mass produce. In reality, the Apple I was not much more than a hobbyist prototype. The 2000 presidential election is decided by the Supreme Court when the Bush versus Gore decision was handed down on this day. At issue was the ballot recount in Florida that would determine the outcome of the entire presidential election. Florida at the time used a punch card system where the voter used a tool to punch a hole to cast a vote. The cards could then be machine read. In theory, a very good concept. The issue was the race was extremely close and recounters began hand evaluating the ballots and questions arose of a partially punched hole counted. The reality was they were looking for gore votes. And in fact, no poll worker could be purely impartial knowing what was on the line. If anything, Florida 2000 was a warning shot in a battle we're still fighting 22 years later. There are a handful of key points that need to be incorporated into our presidential elections to return them to solid footing. One, the system needs to be capable of reproducing individual ballots. This is a good point of the Florida system. Two, the ballots need to be machine-readable to make the process quick. It would not be unreasonable to have a digital count generated simultaneously. In a recount case, the machine ballots could be processed. Three, voting needs to be restricted to votes in hand when the polls close. This phenomena of adding more ballots days later is not acceptable and fuels speculation and conspiracy theories. The scenario is far too common where there is a landmark race. The Democrat is trailing by a narrow margin, then magically the winning votes are produced from the ether. That, folks, reeks of election corruption, whether it exists or not. Mail-in ballots are questionable, and the fact that some states allow them to be counted if they arrive days later is not legitimate. They must be in the hands of officials when the polls close, period. The chain of custody must be tightly controlled. Again, the appearance of more ballots is highly questionable. Voter identification is a must. Limited computer counting and certainly not involving non-government servers in eastern Elbonia. Vote tabulation is really just simple math on a very large scale. The Paris Agreement on Climate Change is adopted in 2015. The idea is, let's drive the U.S. into the ground while China and the Third World remain the largest polluters. It also overlooks the simple fact a single burp of a volcano on the Pacific Rim emits far more pollution than most of the world in a year. That's history and comment for the 12th day of December. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.